0: Hey, what's up, friend? It is Sam Altieri. Welcome back to another episode of the Balance with Sam podcast. I am a coach and an author and a speaker, and I am so stoked you're here to help you heal your relationship with food and your body. If you've ever struggled with your weight, with body image, with food, you are in the right place. It is something that I struggled with for years and years and years. And after helping hundreds of women overcome their food and body image struggles, you are next. I am so stoked to bring you all the strategies, all the tools all the mindset work to help you feel confident in your body again so you can take your life back, be unstoppable, be confident, be a freaking badass because that's what you truly are. And this podcast is exactly for you. I'm so stoked to bring it to you and I'm so grateful you are here. Now let's dive into the episode and I'm so excited to see you transform. Welcome back to another episode of the Balance with Sam podcast. On today's episode, I have an amazing woman. She is such a light leader. Uh, her name is Stephanie Ray, and she is a somatic experiencing and embodiment practitioner. Such a mouthful. But more <laughs> importantly, she is like the fucking biggest ray of lights. Um, And I am so excited to bring her on and have her share her wisdom and knowledge and um, all the light that she is with you. So I want to welcome you, girlfriend. I'm so excited to have you on.
1: I'm so excited to be here with you. When you mentioned this, I was like, "Ooh, yes, this is going to be so fun and juicy because yeah. ah, like our conversations are just they're awesome.
0: They're so good. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I just absolutely like, I love your energy. I think that your energy is so palpable. Like for you guys listening, I'm sure you can already tell, like, you're just like, oh my God, she sounds like Sam. And that's what everyone says to me. They're like, I love your energy. And I'm like, I need to find other people that just have fucking amazing energy. Um, and you are so one of them. I was so oh. drawn to you when I'm pretty sure it was through Amanda. Um, Amanda was yes. my coach. Um, wow. and you guys did, did you guys do like an ayahuasca ceremony together? Like, yes, okay. we
1: we did uh, an ayahuasca ceremony. Well, it was like a five-day retreat over New Year's this last year at Sultara. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of the same thing. She's got a lot of the same energy as us and met. And we, you know, we were together the whole time. So that's definitely who we met through.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I think what it was is she recommended, like you were doing a breathwork workshop. That's what it was. And I I signed up, Hannah signed up and I was like, I don't know what just happened to me, but I'm really curious and I loved that experience. <laughs> and then I just kept coming like, back and I was like, I love stuff.
1: <laughs> I remember. I remember when I first met both of you guys and Amanda had actually texted me. She's like, oh, my friends are coming to your thing. And so I remember meeting you. Oh, it yeah. was so fun.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, so for everyone listening, like, why don't you share a little bit about you, what you do, how you got into what you do? Um, and yeah, just share it all. What are, what are you up to these days? (laughs) Yeah. So like you said, it's kind of a mouthful of
1: my (laughs) official title. I'm like, how do I make this more understandable and relatable, but it really is what it is. So I do somatic experiencing and my niche is for sexual trauma and sexual embodiment. Mm -hmm. And I've been an embodiment practitioner oh gosh, for about 12 to 13 years, starting off with yoga and breath work and meditation, Mm -hmm. and then got into the energy work, into Tantra. And I love all of those like more spiritual aspects. And then the somatic experiencing aspect is actually a modality that Peter Levine, Dr. Peter Levine brought out into the world. And it's a bottom-up way to process trauma. So the theory is is that trauma is held in our bodies. It's not cognitive. It's held in our bodies. And until we can come into our bodies and be able to feel and release the trauma from our bodies, feel through the emotions in their totality without the suppressing, the avoiding, the dissociating, the numbing out – which we all do, yep. <laughs> they stay there and they just wreak havoc on our physicality, on our mental state, on our mind, on our body and our soul. So it's a really innovative, I mean, it's been around for decades, but it's starting to come into the mainstream and somatic experiencing and embodiment really are all about tapping into the innate wisdom that our body has and helping us release Anything that is holding us back, whether that 's emotions that we have suppressed, whether that 's trauma that we have suppressed, and it helps us to live this full expression of our lives and it 's mm-hmm. just gosh it 's the most amazing work sometimes I feel like it 's magical yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> just
1: witnessing the body heal itself is really, really powerful and beautiful, and that 's kind of how I got into it is. I had it done on me at a seven day retreat called path of love. Yeah. And I walked out of that retreat and I was like, here I am. (laughs) (laughs) I
0: am coming for you world. (laughs) I am your light. (laughs) It was, it was like rainbows were shooting out of everywhere in my body.
1: (laughs) And I integrated it, which is a huge part of the experience. And so then I started going back and witnessing hundreds and hundreds of people uh, and these practitioners working with them. And I was like, what are you guys doing? I've been in therapy for years and I've never seen people make breakthroughs like this Mm. and these releases and just feel so safe and whole in their body again in such a short time. And so I sat him down and I I was literally like, what are you guys doing? I need to learn to do this. And I signed up for the Somatic Experiencing Trauma Therapy Program, and the rest is history.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. That is so amazing. Yeah, and that's the one that we were talking about, right? The, the program? Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah, it's a three-year program.
0: So. Oh, my gosh. That is so incredible. And for you guys listening, like, I think what we'll do is we'll kind of unpack um, what these words mean, because if you're like, what is somatic experiencing? Like what is embodiment? What is integration? It can feel (laughs) like if you're, if you're new to the space, but you're curious and you're like, this sounds like something I want to know more about, like getting more into your body and out of your head. Um, which is what I work with a lot of women on is like processing your shit, like dealing with and understanding emotions instead of either avoidance or numbing. Those are usually the two that I experience as it relates to food. Um, And how do we kind of do that release? So could you share a little bit about like, what is uh, somatic experiencing?
1: Yeah. So if we literally break down the word somatic, soma means body. So it's experiencing your body. So Mm -hmm. that broken down even further is learning to experience sensations in your body, Mm -hmm. which can absolutely feel like a foreign concept. If you walk up to somebody on the street and you're like, what sensations are you experiencing in your body? Most people are like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I have no idea. So it's, it's learning to, to recognize, uh, you know, maybe there's a, a fluttering in your stomach, or maybe you're starting to feel heat somewhere in your body, or maybe there's an absence of sensation, that numbness that you are talking about, which actually gives us wonderful information as well. Mm. So once you can start to tap into those sensations, they are linked to emotions, and that's where you start getting the emotional healing. So the route to have those emotional releases is through feeling the body sensations. And with the sensations in the body, it's like your body's telling you a story, mm-hmm. right? So maybe there's somewhere where you fail, fell or got in a car wreck or or something like your right side. And, and every now and then like you're in a car and you find your right side tensing up and you're like, Oh, if I really feel into that and sit with that, I remember the impact of the car hitting me on the right side. And we, you know, we work Mm -hmm. from there. Mm -hmm. So that's what somatic experiencing is. It's using the wisdom of your body, the intuitive wisdom of sensations and experiences, behaviors, uh, shaking different things and using that to help find those emotional releases.
0: Oh my God. That is so cool. Yeah. And I think like, it's so cool. at the way that you describe it for me personally, because I am very much doing this work and I'm like starting to teach on it because it's so powerful Mm -hmm. and it's like, you know, like your body can't speak. English but it does speak in sensations and it's like that's the that is like the language and starting to notice and I think for me and I'm curious to know for you too the first emotion that I our sensation I should say I started to notice um and and how it feels is fear like feeling that like constricting like I just went on a roller coaster like um like freaking out that real, like, it's just in my gut and it feels, um, and it's in my chest and it's like, like a shortness of breath. And like, when I notice myself in that state, I'm like, oh, I'm scared. That's what's going on. Right. And like, that was the first emotion I ever noticed. And it was, for me, it was around money. It was around like when I got an email notification about like a bank account or like a PayPal thing or whatever, I would freak out because I had I had so much shit on money that like my body was like so like it's not ready to either have money or spend money or there's a lot of fear around money Um, yeah yeah. so I would I'd be curious to hear like your experience um, in sensations feelings or or even like how do you how do you start feeling things or noticing sensations. Like is there a a way if people are feeling like totally numb, they have no connection to their body, how do you how do you start?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a phenomenal question because it's it's really difficult to say, okay, go and feel. Mm. Feel. Just feel. Like that's just what you do. That's kind of like when people say, just go meditate and sit. Just go sit there and be quiet and meditate. Uh You know, you're like Oh my God, am I doing this wrong? Am I sitting thoughts are coming in my head. And it's the same thing. If you tell somebody to just go feel sensations, they're like, Oh, what am I feeling? Am I overthinking this? And then everybody gets in their brain. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's the same thing. So the first thing is if you're extremely numbed out and this is work that you want to do being with a facilitator, or somebody, a coach, a practitioner, a therapist, somebody who understands dynamics, I think is extremely helpful. Yes. So first and foremost, that, but in order to do it yourself at home, if you wanted to just start, I would say set a timer, literally set a timer, because then you know that there's an end in sight, right? So set a timer for three to five minutes, not very long at all, and just sit there and 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 speak out loud. I really encourage a lot of voice. And Mm -hmm. so you might want to do it in a room where nobody's around because you're probably going to start judging yourself at first. If this is a new practice for you and just noticing like right now, my left hand feels really tight. Uh, my, my right leg is moving a little, I feel something fluttering in my chest and just start noticing, building up your vocabulary of what sensations are. Mm -hmm. So hot, cold, tense, tight. It can be pain. Like maybe notice different areas of pain in your body. Like, I worked out yesterday. So right now, like my butt is so sore because I did a million squats. Yeah. Or the absence of pain. Like actually my right arm feels really good right now. It feels like there's not pain. So noticing where there's sensation and where there's not sensation, what feels good, what doesn't feel good. And uh and just allow yourself those three to five minutes to just sit and feel and and then consistently do it. It takes It takes time. It's like you're building an emotional, sensational muscle in your body of being able to vocalize this, but really being able to speak them out loud. And then if you're working with somebody, you can, you can kind of go deeper and begin to unwrap. Well, what's underneath that? Like, Mm -hmm. and if you're doing it consistently, it's like my right neck is always so tight. Mm -hmm. So why? Why? Like maybe there's trauma there. Maybe you fell when you were a baby. Maybe you fell when you were a little kid. Like it can go back to so many different things. Yeah. And if you're working with somebody, you can really dig into the visuals that come up, the behaviors, the, uh, since other emotions that come up when you, when you sit with that.
0: Yeah. So it's almost like, <clears throat> um, chronic pain or recurring pain is just trauma in the body that has yet to be released.
1: Oh, hell Yes. Absolutely. I mean, if you think of uh, chronic tension, you're just, your body's in this free state and it's never been allowed to, to get that tension and that trauma out. So I actually, I've worked with a lot of women with sexual trauma who grow up and have fibromyalgia. Mm -hmm. And once they start processing through the trauma, it's like their body. And a lot of time I see it with releases where they're feeling hot, like almost like a hot flash. They're not having an actual hot flash, but they go into full on sweating. I've had this happen with me as well, or their body will just start shaking and it's not, it's it's very primal. Like you look at dogs, dogs mm-hmm. shake all the time. Cats, exactly. they shake all the time just when they're excited, everything, but their body will start shaking or how ha- experiences heat. And it's like their body is coming out of this frozen state. Their muscles are finally able to start relaxing. And it's, it's sometimes it's greatly, healed with you know a few sessions and a lot of times it takes more than that because we fall into these patterns and you have to really train your body that it's safe now and that's where that word integration comes in you're safe now to stay loose and to have this release and so it's a lot of training the nervous system that now your body is a safe place to be But yeah, I work with many, many women with chronic pain. And as I said, fibromyalgia and somatic experiencing has been the greatest form of therapy and trauma healing that they can do because their body is finally able to come out of this chronic freeze.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. That's so beautiful. And I'm like, it's like giving me flashbacks of even just recently in the past six months, like I've had a lot of that like release and I've noticed um, just feeling way more free and lighter and way less fear, like less pain. Um, and noticing when I am storing tension or pain or whatever, just getting curious around it and being like, Hmm, what is this? Like, is this from something? Is this because I have bad posture posture? Like what is this? You know?
1: Absolutely. And that is that, that word, you nailed it. It's curiosity. And that's all it is. And sometimes you literally might have just slept on your neck wrong, (laughs) you know, it, but if you get curious about everything, then eventually it's going to lead you where you need to look. Yeah. And it's really trusting like your body. If you are here living and breathing today, your body has brought you this far and it hasn't given up on you. Yeah. And so it's constantly trying to show you. I want to release this. I want to release this. And it does it in so many different ways and trauma manifests in so many different ways. And so, yeah, once you're able to tap into that is when the real healing begins, like that really deep cellular level, nervous system level healing, like that mm-hmm. good juicy stuff. The
0: juicy, juicy. <laughs> <laughs> the really
1: juicy stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah. I love, I love how you talk about it. Cause I think like When I work with the women that I work with, we talk about like becoming um, like friends with or being in a partnership with your body and like you're not always going to love it and that's okay, but you can respect it and like accept where it's at and and knowing that like it's gotten you this far and even if it doesn't look the way that you want it to look or even if it's holding weight and weight in places you don't want it to hold, right? Like it's still there it's showing up and um and being in this like surrender phase with it and I'd be curious to know like because I know that in like past conversations we we've had around um sexual trauma and disordered eating um I would love to kind of just go there and talk about the relationship between the two and how Past sexual trauma can manifest itself as disordered eating, restriction, binging, a- any eating disorder, um, or like unwanted weight gain, or stubborn, st- like like having a hard time losing weight, even um, to keep our body to keep our body safe.
1: Absolutely. So, disordered eating and sexual trauma are as we we've, we've talked about this. They're two things that. Most every woman, not all, but I will say most women can relate to on some level, mm-hmm. right? And so there is, there's a lot of trauma around there, whether it's come from society, whether it's come from a perpetrator, whether it's come from harassment, walking down the road, women's bodies we're were meant to feel, we, we were raised to feel unsafe in our body. Right. And so there is a huge correlation a lot of times with disordered eating, compulsive eating, anorexia, bulimia and sexual trauma that I find uh, in, in many of my clients. And so not all the time, but it can lead to that. So, you know, you kind of have a few ends of the spectrum. You've got, you know, anorexia and bulimia and that's, you know, denying yourself. Obviously, you know the food, and a lot of times that can be a cry for help, especially if it if it started in childhood, Mm. and uh, it's not spoken about, and they don't have anybody to tell.
0: Yeah,
1: Uh, it can be, it can definitely be, you know, it's a, it's a, a huge cry for help, and it can also be that they're terrified of what has happened in their body as a child. And they think, well, what in the hell is going to happen to me when I become a grown woman? Mm. So let me stay as small as I can so I never have to actually grow up and experience this again.
0: Wow. Yeah. I haven't thought of it like that. That's so, that's so powerful. I I mean, I think that that's the, the inherent underlying feeling of that, like restricting, right? Mm-hmm. Of like. I don't want to be seen. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to expose myself. I don't want to be vulnerable. Um, yeah. and, and that can feel really unsafe, of course, if you've had any, anything. It could be – I mean, I think the, the conversation of trauma can also feel like, oh, it has to be this really huge thing for it to be considered trauma. And, like, that's not how our brain works. Like, trauma mm-hmm. is trauma, um, and it's like, I'm, so I'm curious to know like what your view is on, on that, like just the, the scale of things, like how much does it need to be in order for it to have an impact on us?
1: Yeah, so there's not really a scale. I mean, a lot of people like to use big T, little t trauma, big T being like war, sexual trauma, or violence, and different things, and small trauma, big T trauma being neglect or uh, not being seen and heard as a child. But if you really look at it, two people could get into the same car accident, right? You're in the same car, and may, say somebody else is driving. So they're both in the back, right? And they're hit directly from the front. So they are impacted in the exact same way. One person could literally shake it off and go out to the bar and just hang out the rest of the night with their friends and just like nothing happened and somebody else it could shake up their nervous system so much that it sends them to years and years of therapy or they never want to get in a car again, or they'll never get into a blue car again, or they, they see a truck with headlights that looks like the car that hit them, they freeze up. Yeah. So it's really difficult to distinguish trauma. Trauma lives in our nervous system. And since we all have different nervous systems, we're all going to have different effects mm-hmm. when something traumatic happens. And tra- trauma can be when you're four years old and your parents are late. To pick you up from somewhere and then all of a sudden you're like i've been abandoned my parents are dead and i am going to die because mm-hmm. now i don't have parents and that can be extremely traumatizing to the nervous system of a child in the same way that sexual trauma can be mm-hmm. obviously very different situations so there's a array of situations But trauma lives in the nervous system. So as said, you could have somebody with the exact same experience, literally the exact same experience, and they could both walk away and process it 100% different.
0: Yeah, that is so fascinating. And I think that's like, I think that's the key for you guys listening to is like, when stuff happens in your life, it may not show up in ways that you may think it may get buried, right? Like it's, it's in your nervous system, which is not a visible thing. It's not like you're looking at your nervous system like, hey, nervous system, how are you doing, right? But it's like going back to what we were talking about at the beginning, noticing the sensations, right? Like noticing where you may be feeling stuck or pain or like what's going on in your life. Like is there any manifestation of that happening in your in your day-to-day?
1: Absolutely. And so looking at our different patterns and our behaviors and – you know, bringing it back to our eating patterns and our eating behaviors, and then also our sexual patterns and our sexual behaviors, you know, because those are kind of both of where our intersections are. Uh, It's, it's fascinating, because, as we said, most women can relate to one or both of these, and noticing what keeps occurring. And then once you start paying attention to that, like how, okay, what now? You know, Mm -hmm. how do I start to feel safe again in my body? Mm. So that's ultimately what we want, right? Is we want to feel safe in our body and we have numbed out or dissociated or avoid or distract so much that we don't even know what that looks like oftentimes to feel safe in our body.
0: Mm. Yeah. So how do we build safety in our body?
1: Very slowly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and integrating wow. every, every single piece. So I love what you said about befriending our body, because mm-hmm. that is the heart of embodiment work
0: yeah.
1: is this ideal, this idea of embodied pleasure, right? So that's usually where I like to start yeah. because we want to have resources to build on so we don't want to just sit and talk about oh this is why I have this this and this and this is all the shit Mm -hmm. we need to have good things to pull in right so we need to make friends with our body and in order to do that like you've got to start really small so what actually makes your body feel good Mm -hmm. and maybe that's sitting by a window and feeling the sun on your face how does that Mm -hmm. make your body feel? How do you feel when you feel that sun, or when you put your feet in the grass, or what smells just really light you up? Maybe it's like a eucalyptus candle, or an essential oil, or citrus could be anything, or fresh, fresh baked bread. I mean, what, whatever it is, yeah. uh, what music makes you come alive? Is there a certain song that you just it's, I mean, you, you know, this. you're, you're a dancer and a music girl like me. It's like, sometimes you just put on a song and it doesn't matter your mood. And you're just like, yes. Oh yeah, uh-huh.
0: like, here we
1: go. I yes. feel this in my soul.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> so you what? get out of the chair and you're like, your butt is shaking. You're like, Oh man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly you're like i didn't even know i had these moves
0: but <laughs> well, let's be real we all know we got the moves <laughs> oh we do we do we all have the moves in us and that is a conversation that we could go on forever about <laughs> so
1: yeah, it's finding those different things like do you like a shower or a bath and how does that feel on your skin mm-hmm. so it's really coming back to this idea of falling in love with different sensations on the outward that have nothing to do with sex or with food or the way that you look we want to take all of that off the table to begin and just find this embodied pleasure in a sensory in our environments
0: yeah yeah I think that is so so huge um and if you if you remove the sex or food thing right it's just like seeking out pleasure for the sake of it right like feeling good just to feel good like because we deserve it, right? And I know for me, from personal experience, I was a total workaholic and wouldn't allow myself to slow down or to feel good or to chill. Like that meant I was lazy and that meant I was unworthy. And it was like that cycle, right? That kept me in the, I'm just going to keep doing, I'm going to keep trying, like cancel down. And then at, at a certain point, I either got injured or like shit happened, right? And your body is like, no, fuck you, slow down. And then I had to slow down and I had to enjoy and chill. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Why don't I do this more? And then I was like, I'm going to start doing this more. And like, (laughs) I have been doing so many more just like, I've just been playing more. I've been chilling more. Like, I took a bath the other night. Like, Kurt just got me bath bombs. I'm like, I have never told myself, oh, I'm going to go take a bath. Like, that is for other people. And now I'm like, no, I'm taking a fucking bath. <laughs> yes. I
1: love that. I love it. Oh my God. Baths are the best. And, you know, so here's a, actually a really awesome sensory activity that. I try to invite people to do when they take a bath, right? So instead of just like jumping out of the bathtub when you're done, let the drain go and stay lying in the bathtub. Close your eyes and actually feel the water going down and moving down your body. Mm -hmm. And notice that you go from almost this lightness because you're immersed in water to a, a little bit more of like a it's, it's like you're just more heavy because you, all of a sudden you're not in water. Yeah. And just noticing the sensation as the water trickles down your body can be such a pleasurable, beautiful sensory experience. To and, and this is something that you can just, normally you wouldn't ever think of, but this is a great way to start experiencing, well, what does that feel like? Or, mm-hmm. wow, I feel like the water coming down my belly, my chest, my arms, my legs. And what is what am I experiencing during that? And it's you can almost even make it like this beautiful meditation. Like you're just releasing everything and it's all going down the drain. Everything is that you don't need all the shit. It's just washing out of you uh, going down the drain. Yeah. So it can be a really beautiful, like sensory pleasurable meditative experience. And I don't know why I you talked about baths and I'm just like I love that. that's like my favorite thing to do in the bath (laughs) I'm gonna do
0: that tonight because I was literally planning on taking a bath um so I'm gonna try it um and and I I so I'm like mind reading my audience right now and I have a feeling they're like that sounds great and all but honestly that freaks me out like it actually scares me to think about it or it feels weird or like I'm uncomfortable laying in the bath and like feeling right or like even like touching my own arm that's uncomfortable it's like nope just next get away from me like gotta go brush my teeth or do something you know and like is that common and where does that come from and like how do you support women through that like how how do you help yourself even experience pleasure more and have it be okay
1: yeah so I would probably not recommend starting all of this work naked in a bathtub. That's actually very vulnerable. So maybe that's like a practice if like you're really okay with you know your body. Uh, So yeah I could definitely see how that would it's a very vulnerable place to to begin. So maybe like your first embodiment practice, don't have it be. And actually if it you are curious about it, then definitely have it be that. So find a place that you feel comfortable first and foremost. And the first thing that I would do is try to find a place in the body that does feel okay. So there's probably a hundred places that you're not okay, but where's the one place that you are okay with? Mm. And what is, what is that experience? So maybe you don't want your arms touched. Maybe you don't want your legs. Maybe you would rather die than have your belly touched. But what if you touched your hair? Like, does that feel okay? And this is where that curiosity comes in. It's like, where is there pleasure in the body? So you can name off a hundred places that aren't pleasurable. So let's just get curious about finding one small place that is, and maybe it's like your fingernails. Maybe you love to paint your fingernails a certain color and that's where we focus. And you could literally just sit and brush your fingers along your fingernails and just notice how that feels. Notice how it feels on your fingernails. Notice how it feels on the hand touching the fingernails and go back and forth. So you start off really small depending on where somebody's at. Yeah. And it is important to eventually get to the places that you don't like or, you know, that cause discomfort and their pain. But it's equally as important to find the things that do feel good. Mm. So where do you like, do you like your ears massaged? Awesome. Let's start there. Like, yeah. if that's pleasurable for you, fantastic, right? So what does feel good? Maybe you like to brush your teeth. And, you know, I mean, some people just don't. Like, I don't actually love brushing my teeth. I do it, but, like, okay. I'm whatever. like, can I get out of this? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But <laughs> some people, it's, like, their thing. And so it's like, okay, well, then let's touch our teeth. Let's experience that. Mm-hmm. And you've got to get creative, yeah. you know, and work with people's curiosities. Mm-hmm. Like, where is the least and – if, and if it's not, like, if there's just nothing, I just hate everything. Nothing feels okay. Then I would go to, well, are you curious what it would be like if there was one place on your body that did feel good? Mm. Do you just have that little bit of curiosity that one place, what would that be like to have one place that felt good to touch, whether it's your nose or your toes or your knee? Mm -hmm. Like, what would that be like? and And start there, so sometimes it's as simple as breaking it completely down to what would it be like to experience that?
0: Mm. yeah, that's so good. I think there's like a layer of um almost like shame too that can that can cloud all of this work, like if you're like "I don't know how to do that," or like "My body is gross," or like there's a lot of judgment and so I think like even for me, as you're saying that i'm like Huh. I guess I don't like my stomach touched. Like you can touch it, but like it's probably my least favorite thing for to, like to happen. And mm-hmm. so like, what is a place that's more neutral? And it's like, all right, your hand, right? Like your hand does a lot of things. It touches a lot of things. It gets touched by a lot of things, probably. And it's almost like finding a finding a place in your body that you don't really judge like your hand is a hand it's weird it's got these like five things growing out of it probably if you have all five fingers you got nails on it there's hair there's weird skin there's like calluses it's fucking weird like right and like we don't really judge it that much maybe you do i don't know i don't judge my hands really i'm like oh it could they'd be they'd be nicer if they were more slender and girly like but like i kind of have athletic like bro hands that's cool But like, it's different than if I was to be like my stomach, like, I'd be like, oh, I can tell you a hundred things I don't like about that. But like, it's, there's more like charge around that. So does that, does that make sense?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So what I would do with that is we would go back and forth between working with your hands. Like, what is it? Like, how do you like your hands touched? Do you love it when your partner holds your hands? Do you like hand massages? Do you like a certain smell of lotion when you have your hand massage? Do you like nail color? Do you not? Do you like this? You know, and go through all the things that you love about your, your hands. And then maybe after you have that that resource of like, yeah, my hands are fucking awesome. I love my hands. They're powerful. They're, they're great. They're beautiful. Like then go into, you know, the stomach area. Mm -hmm. Or since that's going like right into like the heart of the trauma, maybe we go somewhere that's not so much. So maybe we start with, your chest or your face or your back or your butt, or is there a different area that's like not the most activated Mm. area? Because sometimes when you do that, it's like, you know, let's come and just put our hands all over on our stomach and feel like, what do people do? They Mm -hmm. feel shame. They numb out. They dissociate. They're like, I'm not going to fucking do this anymore. I hate this. I'm just going to avoid. I'm going to pick up my phone. I'm going to check out. I don't want to hear you. I'm never coming back. Blah, blah, blah. You know, the stories that we make up and, things that we tell ourselves will be endless, which is why it's so important to find all those things that we do love about our body Yeah, with your hands. Also, it's like, do you love to hold a warm cup of coffee or tea or hot chocolate?
0: Yes. I'm like feeling it. it. I'm like, Oh yes, I love doing that. Can we do it right (laughs) now?
1: (laughs) Yeah. And like, what does that do in your body when you're holding that with your hands? So you experience that in your hands first, but then, you know, does it make you smile? Does it just make everything relaxed? Do you feel like you're exhaling? Mm. So there's some sense of calmness to that and really integrate that into your system. So you know that, you know, if like your partner comes up and grabs your stomach or what does whatever, and it's like, ah, I'm yeah. triggered right now. Okay. So what can I do? I can come back to my hands place that I do love and reground myself, reorient, and tap into something that I love. So maybe I'm gonna go make myself a cup of tea just to hold this so that I can come out of that response.
0: Mm. Yeah, that is so, so, so cool. Um, I'm just like, I'm, I'm envisioning that entire scenario and I can see how that would be, that could be triggering for a lot of people and a lot of women that I work with are sure. And it's oh, like, yeah. how do you reground yourself? And what are those, what do those practices look like? Um, And, and knowing yourself enough to be like, okay, I just got triggered. Here's what I can do now.
1: Yeah. So that's huge. (laughs) Triggers Mm -hmm. are sometimes looked at such a negative thing, right? Mm -hmm. And they cause these big reactions, but I really like to look at them as a gateway to our healing. They're showing us what needs to be healed. Mm -hmm. And Sometimes the triggers do need to be placed aside because it's not the right time. It's not the right setting. It's not the right whatever. And you want to revisit that trigger. But when something comes up that's evoking a strong sensation in the body or emotion, that's something that wants to be looked at. There's some form of, of trauma that whether it comes from you know, neglect, abuse, uh, your parents not showing up when you were four years old, a fall car accident, whatever it is there's something there that wants to be resolved. Mm. So I really like to reframe triggers as being something that you can almost befriend and work with. Mm -hmm. And it's showing you where the next step in your healing needs to go. Mm. Right. And so triggers can feel very, very overwhelming because it sends our nervous system into overdrive. So all of a sudden we're flooded usually with some sort of like a fight flight or freeze, hormone. And our body doesn't know exactly how to process that. So something really quick and easy that I give to clients to do is to orient to your physical space that you're in in that moment, Mm -hmm. right? Because if those aren't processed, a lot of times triggers can cause us anxiety and panic or outbursts. And if you can catch right when you're starting to feel like, oh my gosh, I'm super triggered right now, start looking around the room and find a color from, I I use the rainbow because it's really easy, like red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple, find something that's red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple, and then repeat as many times as you need. So that you start realizing that right now I'm in this space, like try to get something on the ground. So if it's your feet or place your hands on the ground, so literally grounding, and then also notice your sounds, like what sounds are happening, what smells, am I, you know, what do I smell right now? Use your senses and really orient back to the physical space that you're in right now. Because what that does is that tells triggers are usually from, you know, a, a past trauma that all of a sudden triggers your nervous system to say, ah, I'm not safe. I'm going to die right now. Yeah. You know, ultimately everything comes back to somehow I'm going to die. Yes. <laughs> and so if you can train your body to look around and realize, okay, right now, actually I'm safe. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling and experiencing a lot of emotions and sensations, but I can see the colors around the room. I can see that I'm safe. I can hear that I'm safe. I can feel the ground. I'm safe. You can come back and then you can use whatever it was that triggered you beforehand and start to work with that. Usually, not right in the moment that you're triggered. Uh, You need to really be able to reorient and ground first.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That like high level of awareness and like safety of like, I am okay. Yeah. Okay. And I think for a lot of the women I work with, their uh, previous response to a trigger would be, I need to eat as much food as possible to numb or to soothe or I'm going to go distract by doing something else or um, not being able to sit with and be with the emotions or the triggers because they feel like they literally, quite literally, are going to die.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we eat to suppress pain.
0: Mm-hmm. You know we
1: don't want to feel that pain, so the more that you can eat and shove down, it's like you're physically shoving down that pain or that terror or whatever you know usually it's some form of terrorized you know inner child that that we have to press down because it's too painful to to look at and to be with
0: yeah yeah it's it's so crazy how um how deep you can go in this, like, work, um, and I think from my own experience, I'm not sure about yours, I, I don't really know, like, your past experience with, um, with food or sexual stuff, um, but, like, for me, I've had experiences on both spectrums. Like, I've had, obviously, disordered eating, binge eating, chronic overeating, and I've also had sexual trauma um, and didn't realize that the two of those had a link um, until very recently, where I was like, "Whoa, I've never allowed myself to enjoy good foods or enjoy the things or enjoy the pleasure of like buying myself something like i I wouldn't do that for myself. I wouldn't buy myself a bath bomb because I was like, No." Like, who am I to do that? Like, I would rather spend my money on someone else, right? Or, like, I would rather give it away or whatever. And I think a lot of women can relate to that of, like, who am I to enjoy this croissant, right? Like, so they they don't eat it and then they end up eating, like, 10 croissants on the weekend. Or, like, they end up eating a bunch of other things. Or they don't allow themselves to enjoy pleasure sexually um, and then they feel deprived and try to get that pleasure from other things, So it's a holy crap. My eyes have been opened, I think, to that connection, especially through talking with you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So many women deny themselves pleasure. And a lot of times it comes from this feeling of unworthiness. Mm -hmm. So something happened to you, some sort of trauma, something was said or done to you. And there's this inherent unworthiness. I'm not whole anymore. Right. So maybe that comes from society. Your body needs to look this way and blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, you have sexual trauma and all of a sudden it's like, Oh, uh, you know, I'm not worthy of pleasure. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't even know what pleasure would look like because I, I don't know how to even receive that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how to give that to myself. I can't even, I can't take a bath. Are you kidding me? Like, no, that's, that that damaged women don't deserve that mm-hmm. and and that can that sh- for sure shows up like sexually you know i'm just going to turn off i don't many women have a really difficult time letting loose yes. and surrendering into orgasm mm-hmm. and a lot of times that does come from trauma yeah. and a lot of times women have a hard time enjoying a really beautiful meal mm-hmm. and That also comes from trauma, right? So you have like the two most delicious things in the world. Well, I'm going to say, in my opinion, (laughs) the two most delicious things in the world, and that is our sexuality and orgasmic potential and connection to ourselves or with a partner and you have delicious tastes and foods and smells and experiences around food, and yet we deny ourselves so much because we have been taught to suppress, or it's not safe to have one of these two mm-hmm. things, or all of these things. Mm-hmm. And it's a tragedy. It's a fucking tragedy awesome. that women aren't allowed to have delicious food and wonderful orgasmic sex, whether that's by themselves or with a partner. And that is. We have been made to feel unsafe in that Mm -hmm. and that we don't deserve that because we deserve whatever fucking food we want while we have the orgasm. Amen.
0: (laughs) Serve me bacon (laughs) and give me sex. (laughs)
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. Yes, 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 yes. You deserve pleasure. Like we're going to shake it out of you. Um, And if you don't right now, even just starting to remind yourself, like, you do deserve it, right? Like yes. you deserve it. Why not you? Why, why anyone else but you? Like, you do deserve that. So notice that story. Notice when you are in your head, like, who am I? Just little me. Like, no, fuck that shit. You do deserve it. You do deserve to eat a nice meal and sit down and make the table look pretty and put some flowers on it. Even if you're eating by yourself, I don't fucking care. Make it nice.
1: Yes. And like, whose voice is that? Because that's not your voice. Right. Our bodies are meant for pleasure. We came out of the womb, this pure, full of love, light, and pleasure. And it's other voices that have made us not feel that. So Whose voice is that really? Because that is not your authentic voice that's saying you don't deserve to eat this. You don't deserve to have good sex. You, you know, blah, blah, blah. You can't wear this. You can't do that. Those aren't your, that's not your voice. Your authentic voice wants you to be able to walk outside and feel pleasure walking around on the grass, walking around on the ground and feeling the sun and then going back inside and having your favorite meal and having an orgasm. like. That's what our authentic voice and our bodies want us to do. It's the conditioning and the trauma. So yeah, it's really tuning into like, what is that voice? Is that mom or dad or whoever societies or churches or whoever it is? Whose voice is that? That's telling me that I'm not worthy.
0: Yeah. Hey, Cause it's not yours. And that's it's not, I think that is so powerful. Acknowledging that that's not your story. It's not your voice. Um, and that you can turn the volume down on that bitch anytime. Right? Hell Yeah.
1: I say, oh, oh yeah. I mean, I hear that voice. It comes. It comes for all of us. Yeah. And you just fuck off. Like yeah. I put up a hand and I just say, fuck off. That's not my voice.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't have time for that anymore. Like. I don't know. And I think like once you practice this work and you practice being aware of that voice and the voice that's saying, oh, you don't deserve this food or, oh, you don't deserve this sex or whatever, this pleasure, however it manifests, notice it. And tell it to fuck off. Like that's it. And once you practice that, um, of like deepening in your truth, that voice gets quieter and quieter and quieter, and it comes up less and less and less, and it feels less intense. And then you can separate yourself from it. And I think that's where the true power lies: is knowing that that's not you. Like that's all of your conditioning and your programming.
1: Hundred percent. And that's actually some of the deepest work that I've done personally is being able to tell that voice to fuck off (laughs) yeah (laughs) and take back take back my pleasure Mm -hmm. you know take it all back and that's ultimately what it's about and that can sound so overwhelming take back all the pleasure you know have all the sex eat all the food and it's not about that you know I mean it kind of is but
0: in a way that makes you feel good in a way way that makes you having orgies and like eating 18 big macs it's like yeah Finding it's, the level of feel good that feels good for you.
1: <laughs> and that embodied pleasure. So yeah. You are present in your body. You are listening to your body. My body says, fuck yes to this. Mm-hmm. It's that consent. It's the embodied consent. This is a yes. I want this. And mm-hmm. feeling that pleasure when you're doing it. So how is this making me feel? Which is why to have all of the pleasure, you've got to have the little pleasure first. Mm. So how do you like your body? to be touched? Do you like that hand massage? Do you like to lie in the bath and just let the water drain over you? How does that feel? Finding small ways to take back our pleasure is the way that we ultimately take back all of our pleasure and are able to tell that voice to fuck off. And it seriously starts with finding just one little thing on your body that you like. Whether it's holding that coffee, whether it's having your hair play I love having the hair played with so oh I God. always do that. Literally,
0: I'm <laughs> looking at this thing, you know, the um I in the And I'm yes. like in bed I'm like, Kurt, don't even touch me. I just need this thing. <laughs>
1: I have one of those, like the scalp massager things. I do it every day, every day. It just like sits there. It's just part of my daily routine because it brings me so much pleasure. Mm -hmm. And so that's what it is. It's finding those little tiny things, you know, the road to full embodied pleasure and to trauma healing. I believe starts so small. It starts with taking back piece by piece by piece and doing it every single day. This is a lifelong work, you know, But there's no better work to do than finding and taking back all of your pleasure. So, Hey, it works, right? You get trauma oh, healing, you get pleasure, you get all of
0: the, you get actually get all of the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. This yeah. yes, 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 yes. This has been such an amazing conversation. I'm so <laughs> excited to hear what everyone thinks and like, you'll be like, Oh my God, I need, to learn more. I think that's what their response is going to be. Or, like, whoa, that blew my fucking mind. Um, Because I know when we had our first conversation, I was like, we need to talk more. I'm so excited. We're going to launch a course. We're going to, like, do things. Um, Because this is, like, the deepest of all, like, this is the deepest core underneath all of the shit. It's, like, oh, actually, it's just about this. Let's re- um, re like insert pleasure into your life, whether it's through food, through sex, or whatever. Um, yeah. but feeling good is your fucking birthright, you know?
1: Fuck yes, yeah. we need to feel pleasure just for the fuck of it.
0: <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I'm gonna be your next Instagram. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you just for the Actually,
1: that's a really good
0: one. I might actually do that. <laughs> yeah, you can. You can write that down. Oh, oh thank you um, so much. <laughs> you are so welcome. Thank you so much for like just being on here and sharing. And um I am so excited to have everyone hop over to your Instagram page, follow you, talk a little bit about like what you're doing, what you offer. Um, if people are more curious about this and how to work with you, like, what does that look like? So share it all.
1: Yeah. So my Instagram handle and where you can find me all over social media is breathe, burn, rise. And right now I'm doing only one-on-one work with clients. Uh, next year, the first of the year, stay tuned. I'm launching a, the most amazing group coaching program ever.
0: <laughs> I've been like pulling in all my
1: favorite teachers. So that will be coming. I'll be announcing that in the coming months. Uh, but right now I am only doing uh, two to three month coaching and working with uh, working with people. I also host two monthly workshops. One is called The Purge. And it is exactly what it sounds like. It is my favorite Uh, embodiment workshop that I teach. So it's all Mm. about releasing your anger and Mm. really feeling into grief and sadness and the rage and anger that us as women are told to shut down and suppress and not allow out because otherwise we're the bitch and blah, blah, blah. And so I also call it like rage dancing. (laughs) It's
0: it's incredible. I need to come.
1: Yeah. It's in a couple weeks. It is my favorite workshop that I have ever taught. And then I also do embodied feminine breath work for uh, sexual healing once a month as well. So you can find Um, links to all of those on my Instagram, uh, to the little linky thing. (laughs) And so yeah, two workshops and one-on-one and group coaching program coming soon
0: amazing yeah and i'll put all of your info in the show notes so you guys can go um check her out and follow her just like all of the things your page is amazing i've learned so much about myself um and i'm really excited to see your group coaching program that's going to be epic you're going to change lives you I'm already so are <laughs> Oh my God. You actually
1: really inspired me to like get onto that, so thank you, actually. Oh, you yeah. are fucking amazing and an inspiration, and I love the work that you do, and I'm so appreciative for the work that you do with so many, so oh. many people. It's so needed. You are just an angel. It's Yay. like the most ecstatic angel
0: ah. ever. <laughs> love it. Oh, my God. I'm sending you so much love, and I appreciate that so much. I feel the same, and I think that's what kind of brings us together, right, is like the- yeah. That energy and that light, um, the light working in us of just being like, yeah, we're showing up, like empowering people to be better, empowering people to find themselves, to come back into alignment, like to show up, to own their shit, to feel fucking pleasure. Yes, for the fuck of it. (laughs) For the fuck of it. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, on that note. Oh my gosh. Well, I love you, girl. I'm so grateful that you are here and I am so excited to do the next thing together, whatever that is. Oh, it's going to be amazing. Hell yeah. Stay tuned. tuned. (laughs) I will talk to you soon. Thank you.
1: Bye,
0: hon. Bye. (laughs) Oh my God, what an incredible episode that was. I know that I learned a lot. I hope that you did too in understanding how trauma manifests in the body and your nervous system and all of these sensations and feelings and stuckness and and just all of the things. I think the biggest takeaway for me personally here is remembering that we are friends with our body and when we allow it to feel And when we get really curious and we start turning inward and ask ourselves, like, what actually makes your body feel good? Maybe it's literally just sitting by a window and feeling the sun in your face. Maybe it's going for a walk. Maybe it's going for a hike. Whatever that is, do that. Don't do anything but that. Like, do what makes you feel good and notice when you have that voice in your head i know that voice for me sometimes can be so strong it's like no you gotta go lift weights no you gotta go do high intensity cardio and my body is like no don't do that please so if you can relate i would just absolutely love to hear from you get in my dms i love love when you show up my dms and message me and let me know I'm going to be opening a few more spots to work with me for the end of 2020. You can get in, you can get the support you need to help you heal your relationship with food and your body. So you can just feel super fucking confident and just be the true woman that you know that you are. Really connecting back to yourself. If that resonates with you, if this podcast landed for you i would absolutely love to talk with you just send me a dm that's all you got to do and we'll go from there i hope you have an amazing rest of your week um and i am sending you all the love all the light all the dances and just a reminder starting next monday we are going to be doing live dance parties on instagram what up with a live q a at the end so get up on there it's going to be noon Eastern on Mondays, every Monday moving forward. And I can't wait to see you there. I hope you have an amazing rest of the week and catch you on the next week's episode.